thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. Let's welcome our guest today, Sven Anderson. Sven, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. So uh, we we usually just dive right in to uh, how about what is it that you do, uh, meaning work-wise or whatever? Professionally. Uh, For 25 years, I've been working in the financial services industry. I am a uh, licensed life insurance and securities uh, professional. I'm also a financial advisor and do financial planning, fee-based financial planning. And that some of that's evolved over the years, but have been doing most of that for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Before that, you were a manager in Frito-Lay, right? Yeah, I yeah. I was uh, for 12 years, I worked with Frito-Lay. In the last two, I was in a district management role, but I was a chip hustler. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, what life was like as a child growing up as Sven Anderson. Well, you know, life was pretty good. I grew up in Kaiser. I have an older sister and a younger sister, and uh, my mom and dad. We, I was, I, have a, I grew up in a traditional, um, you know, family, and it was a very much of a blessing. I, I look back at it, and it was, there was a lot of good times. It wasn't perfect, of course. We yeah. weren't necessarily a church family. My dad had a vending machine business, and his warehouse was in our garage, so hmm. there were ample snacks available. <laughs> I was about to say, so you ate good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> My friends like coming over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also good. had a tree house in my backyard. Mm-hmm. We it was it was not in the backyard, it was like a hill that went down in that Claggett Creek basin and it was like adventure time for a kid. So this tree house was there when the house was built. So it was an old tree house, but it was nice. It had a roof and everything and uh, you know, as we got older we'd sleep overnight up there and stuff. But it was where we played games and war and Swiss Family Robinson and make-believe. And, I mean, it was it, the whole field in the backyard was a, a place of just being a kid. Hmm. That's, That's good. Awesome. Yeah. Good old Kaiser, which is where we are uh, today, right? Yeah. 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 Um, going forward from uh, early childhood and uh, what did high school or your college years look like? Or, uh... Well, uh I developed a friendship early on in, in kindergarten with a friend, and he lived a couple blocks away. And we were we were best friends. I always wished he was my brother because I thought it would be cool to have a brother. I didn't have a brother. I had two sisters. But <laughs> but we spent a lot of time together. If I wasn't at his house, he was usually at mine. And we grew up together playing sports, and he was always a little bit better than me and everything. And then <laughs> as we got older, he got <laughs> quite a bit better than me. And, and uh, But I went to Kennedy grade school, and... It was uh, about a eight-tenths of a mile walk from our house, which my sister and I would walk. And the, the biggest thing my mom wanted to teach us was how to cross Verta Lane, a 40-mile-an-hour r- road at that time, mm-hmm. you know, by looking both ways and not getting hit. <laughs> so, But we didn't have care about, you know, somebody screeching by and throwing us in a van or something, you know. Yeah. And those, yeah. Were, those were days of riding bikes and walking to school and being with friends and all that was – was really part of a great experience. Yeah. Wow. Um, what, uh, looking back, right, so you're, you're deeply involved in the community in a lot of different ways, but what was the first time that you noticed or saw yourself as a leader? 
that is a very great question. Mm. Should have sent me these questions beforehand. <laughs> then we wouldn't get the raw uh, stuff. Uh, that's true. I was I was just thinking it was probably <laughs> oddly. So back to my childhood days, we played football all the mm. time in in a park in somebody's backyard. It wasn't really classic football. It was kind of like kill the quarterback. You yeah, know, yeah. Whoever had the ball, we tackled <laughs> stuff. But uh, I think maybe somewhere along there where I found that I knew how to run and get away and I had a passion for that and or tackle. And so there was there was some leadership in that. But that, I mean, that was just that you asked for a raw. That was our first yeah. thing that came to my mind. Yeah. But I suppose it might have been a little bit further along in junior high when I was actually, I was a captain of the defensive team of the football team, and I loved football. It was, uh, I love, it was a passion of mine. And uh, I'd say that when I was eighth grade. Okay. There you go. You said football. What's your what's your team that you root for usually? Well, it's odd. I don't have a passion for it like I did then. It was okay. more a passion to play back in those days. And back in those days, I was a Los Angeles Rams fan because we didn't, even the Seahawks hadn't been created yet, so... Yeah. Uh, I'm really dating myself, so. <laughs> but I mean, today I I I still love sports, uh, and I I enjoy the the Ducks, you know. Yeah. And I enjoy the Beavers. I'm really an Oregon mm-hmm. sport fan, I would say. Uh, and then from there it's Pac-12, <laughs> and then anything but SEC sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend that was an Alabama fan, but I usually root against them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, he was a close friend to you and I, and since his passing, they've won, what, five national championships in oh my seven gosh. years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think he had some pull upstairs. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Can you remember when you got your first cell phone? i not positive. Uh, yeah. I, I will tell you about the first cell phone that I'm going to remember. There you go. So <laughs> when I became a manager at Frito-Lay, my, the zone manager – had one of those old had a one of those brick phones, yep. car phones. Yeah, and he gave it to me, and I plugged it into my 1984 Honda Accord so I could talk to uh, my drivers or whatever I, when I was a district manager up and down or listen to my voicemails or just try to be productive because I spent those early years in as a manager. I was going to Eugene a lot, and uh, that phone was a brick, and it was expensive to. Listen to voicemails yeah. and stuff like that. Back then, companies would be the only ones who could probably budget in there to afford that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know you pretty well. We've been friends a long time. Uh, what are some of the routines or rhythms that? Because uh, I know you. You. I think I would say that you thrive on having rhythms in in disciplines in your life. Yeah, I think so. My wife might even say I get a little bit off if I'm not in my rhythm, but I, I, I find that I try to build habits into my world that are healthy habits. And they've evolved a little bit, especially as my work schedules change. I try to evolve my habit to fit, you know, what I'm doing. But for instance, this morning, I get first thing in the morning and I, I read a little bit and then I work out. Uh, and it's not an strenuous workout because I'm not going to the gym right now. I work out in my garage. I used to go to the gym, but it was very time-consuming, so I mm. didn't feel like I had that time. So I ultimately purchased a, a uh, treadmill that was that was 
really good. And then I just do some push-ups, some sit-ups, although I'm looking to add uh, some actual weights to my – I've had them in the past. I just – as we moved, we, we got rid of that stuff. Yeah. And I was looking for some new stuff. But that – and then uh, I read my Bible and I pray in the morning. And so that that those things and, – and those were all things I feel like the Lord had directed me, even the reading. I felt like the Lord at one time early on when we started – before we started this in a preparation that the Lord told me to read was an interesting thing because it wasn't – it was just kind of a notion that kept reoccurring in my heart where I started to believe, and I think this is God telling me that I need to read. And I would mm-hmm. just read books, but I it wasn't like, you know, read about spirituality or 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 God necessarily, but but I would read biographies, I would read history books, I would read uh it, novels. I would just I would just read. And we, we had all these books around the house I've had for years and I never read and I started reading them. But but reading has helped me think, I think, articulate and expand my knowledge base and hopefully make me a little more interesting, but also it helps me understand people a little better. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know that you hear a bunch of people uh, articulate it quite that way, understanding people better, I, but I, I think that's true. I think uh, I'm a, a little bit of a history buff. I enjoy those types of things. Um, speaking of history, so, you know, we're sitting here in this uh, studio and uh, um, we can just quickly reflect, you know, y- you, me, and Buddy Puckett uh, getting together for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, and uh, and we get this notion that uh guys keep coming to us and, and uh, everybody deserves and needs a mentor and we decide that we should duplicate ourselves. And so um, what advice would you get, would you give to a person who's getting a vision, you know, for, for something they have passion for, right? And so looking back, flash forward, flashing forward now, you know, what, what advice would you give to our listeners out there who maybe are in, in a crossroads or, you know, that type of thing? We had a unique advantage in that we were a vision was percolating between the three of us, so we could bounce it back and forth a lot. We could kind of discern it, define it, uh, evaluate, see if we were all coming from the same direction. But I think having somebody to to share that with, because sometimes by speaking things out loud or articulating them, there's clarity for you in defining what you're supposed to do, and I think that's. That's what we want to do. We want to find the purpose of God in our life. And it's it's a little bit mysterious, although in hindsight it doesn't seem that way. But in the moment, it is a little bit hard to to grasp. Yeah. So I think that having it helped to, to bounce it off somebody that, that you trust and um, prayer too, because that is also the definer, you know, communicate with God. If he's given the vision or something, then he will also give you the clarity in it, ultimately. Yeah, that's good. Um, maybe in a practical sense, I, um, th- this is this is uh, dangerous advice maybe, but um, there's people when we start something new, right, or, or maybe it's risky, right, and there's, there's people who are risk-averse, there's people who out of insecurity or whatever will, will kind of squash that, you know, thing, whatever that is out there that our our listeners are listening to. And so I think coming back to, you know, uh, does it line up with with the Word of God? Does it line up, 
you know, with your prayer life and does it line up with others, you know, and if that's the case, with others being the people you trust the most, right? And and not always is that reaching out to the people who are yes people in our life, right? Because I think we all have the ability to, if I'm going to ask advice about uh, a vacation or, you know, or a food, I know who I can go to to ask and get the, the answer I'm wanting, you know, as opposed to asking, you know, a, a broad base of people. Yeah. So, but uh, nothing in life uh, that I find uh, leads to success comes without risk, you know. That is for sure. In fact, I think there's so much value in risk because that is where we change. Mm-hmm. There's there's risk in putting yourself in a different position. You have to grow to be there. I really think that God is calling us into Maybe you know. Maybe risk isn't the word he would use necessarily, but but since we're talking using that phrase, I think risk becomes a tool for us to stretch and to grow, and actually to add life. Because when there's risk, there's additional excitement. Because there's with risk, there's the possibility of failure, and we don't grow unless we produce some failure in our life. Yeah. I mean, I just think about uh, our success at the wreck has been built on a foundation of failure. Yeah, exactly. You know, out of the whole valor mentoring process, we, we've we tried so many different things, and people don't know that. They just see where we're at today, but uh, there was a lot of risk in a lot of those different, just being here is, I mean, it's kind of sure. an amazing experience yeah. of risk. I remember when we pulled together 1200 bucks and had a lunch for a few folks, you know? and uh, Was it that much money? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the second one, right? We had to scrape together the second time. I don't even remember, but yeah. I remember the, the lunches. I don't remember what it cost, but I remember, I think I threw a hundred bucks in the, yeah. it, just to, to cash so I could, so we could change cash at the, at the door. But it was... Sure, that was risk. We didn't know if anybody would show up. We didn't know if anybody cared. We didn't know if we, although we we sensed that there was something God was doing. So we had an enthusiasm. Right. So even though we didn't know, we kind of knew. We knew we were on to something. Yeah, yeah. And for the listeners who may not know, we're talking about uh, Valor Mentoring, which is a nonprofit mentoring organization that uh, services uh young people, fifth grade and, and up. And uh, we do it through a myriad of things, one-on-one and group mentoring. We do it through music, media, and the arts. We do it through service projects. We do it through the the rec, which is this public access bowling alley that we have and two and a half million dollar, you know, 25,000 square foot facility that has uh, 500 people a day coming through it. 28 employees, I think, uh, hundreds of volunteers and all that started from just man, we should do something. <laughs> we should do something beyond what we're doing. You know, Well, this qualifies as something beyond <laughs> what we so. were doing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, you mentioned earlier um, that like risk leads to failures, which is often where we learn. And that's, that's an interesting topic because like you also think of failures. A lot of people get stuck on their failures or they think, you know, oh, I'm doing these things or they do multiple things in a row and they kind of fail and they get beat up about that. But a failure is only a loss if you don't learn from it, right? And so that's the important piece of failure. It's not... I need to fail so I learn. But you got to learn, right? So let's evaluate the failure, right? And then you you learn something and so I mean that's something worth worth doing. If you fail, you got to learn so you don't fail as much. And, or you can hand that down to other people um through mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean if you're out there and maybe you're in the midst of a of a stumble or a failure or a fallback and uh I promise you that uh the, the old cliche, hindsight is twenty twenty, um, is still accurate. You know, we 
look forward. I don't think our God spends much time in the rearview mirror, you know, uh, doesn't spend much time beating us up over our, our poor decisions and shortcomings, but he's more interested in how we're moving forward. And so that's my word to you is, is find people around you that will lift you up and, and hold you accountable and dive into that, you know, Mm. much of the, the message of, uh, the old Testament and is really about remembering and part of the remembering is, you know, the mistakes, but it's also remembering how the faithfulness of God was walking through people's lives. So as much as I spend 90 plus percent of my time looking through the, you know, my windshield, the, uh, the, the occasional time I do glance in the rearview mirror there, I'm, I'm seeing the Lord being faithful to me, even in the, my times of failure, because that gives me strength to move forward. Yeah. So that's a that's a positive in 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 the rearview mirror. But but I don't. You can't go very far if you're looking in the rearview mirror the whole time. <laughs> you no, may run into crashing again. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Okay, this might be a little bit silly because I'm thinking about it too much now. But like the concept of looking in the rearview mirror, right, and not wanting to spend all your time looking in it. But like, when am I looking through the rearview mirror? It's when I'm just making sure that everything behind me is going good, or like making sure that when I'm about to make a change. I look mm-hmm. back and I check those things before I make a change. And it's kind of like before I move into my next, let's say, piece of like risky, like I'm making a move business-wise or something, let's look back. Is everything fine over there? Is everything fine over here? Like let's check that and then move on. I think that that's the the parallel keeps going with that little uh, hindsight slash rearview mirror. I think there's analogy. a sermon and a book in there. For there me. is. Yeah. I just thought of one other thing is don't stare at yourself when the rearview mirror. Mm. That, oh. There's a danger in see in just looking at yourself and being consumed with yourself. Mm-hmm. I just know some people that put their makeup on, you know, when they're driving and stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm just saying that maybe the anal- the analogy is don't don't get stuck looking at yourself because the mirror can reflect back to you too, mm-hmm. right? We're important, but we're not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not all of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. What. Uh... This is a question we ask most all of our guests. Uh, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And so um, what uh, what's one of the better ideas you've ripped off and applied? Well, early on in, in our ministry, we we would meet together as a group and we'd be planning, doing stuff. And, and at one time, uh, a book was recommended that we re- read. I think you were the recommender of that book. It was The Divine Mentor mm. by Wayne Codero. And in that book... Um, I read it, and we all read it together as a group. But it was a practice that was recommended, and it's called SOAP. It's Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer as a way of journaling, as a way of connecting with and, and with the divine mentor, being, being the Lord ultimately through the Word of God. And uh, so I've been practicing that for probably about going on eight years now, oddly, because mm. it's probably right after yeah. we read that book. And I find that it's interesting. I'll go back and read stuff that I wrote several years ago, and I'm like, this, who, who wrote this? This is so brilliant. <laughs> I got to meet this guy. Well, I know. It's like, did that come from me? I mean, I don't even remember writing that, but that is, that is so spot on. And But what happens is the Lord just kind of uses the thoughts in the in the scripture in a in a particular maybe situation 
and and so you you mentor God uses you you to mentor yourself in in, in that respect. But that would be something I, I use that that technique. It's nothing special. It's pretty simple. But uh, and actually, uh, before that, years before that, another friend had told me about it, and I kind of was like, oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but after I read the book, I thought maybe there's something here. Yeah yeah. Um, what uh, where you're at today? What's one of the biggest surprises compared to where you may have perceived yourself in this spot? Could be professionally, it could be personally, it could be. Well, I suppose in some respects, um, I'm a little disappointed where I'm at. Uh, you know, I, 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 in some elements, you know, I thought I'd be further ahead in this, that, or the other thing, but I'm not. Um, down on that. I'm really comfortable with where I'm at, but so I was thinking that uh, probably would have thought I would have done a little more traveling, world traveling, but I haven't done it. But I don't feel like I've missed out. That's the weird thing mm-hmm. is I'm not I'm not uncomfortable about where I'm at. Maybe maybe that's just a that's a beautiful thing because there's a there's a contentment where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I would call there's it's not that there's not some discontentment in my world which would pers- make me to pursue God and and His vision for my life, but uh, along the way I'm really content with Him in my world, and I guess um, I guess that's the, I don't really have a anything yeah. else to kind of push on me. Yeah, I mean, sitting where I'm at, uh, knowing you or whatever, I mean, it, it's interesting to to hear that. I would think that uh, maybe God has shaped some of the ways you think about those things and level of importance co- compared to how you, maybe you saw them 20 years ago. You know, I mean, you certainly could eliminate a, a few uh, organizations and ministries to give to and travel every month, <laughs> you know? Well, that's like, true. Know, right? I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. my wife and I have this conversation. And we, we we know somebody, and they like they seem to have a lot more stuff <laughs> than we have. <laughs> and we're like, how, how do they have all that stuff? And and then we evaluate, and we think, well, if we reprioritize our world, we would have all that stuff. But then I have really a sense of satisfaction after that, because right. I'm like, I don't want that stuff. Yeah. There's a There's a... Um, a chorus in a song that I listen to. It's a worship song. It says, take the world, give me Jesus. Take the world, give me Jesus. Hmm. And I, I listen to that oftentimes when I work out sometimes. I find myself listening to worship music when I work out, which is interesting because it's not the, you know, the hard Pump jamming. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, I contemplate that. I don't I don't really want the world. And, and yet I have tremendous amount of blessing uh, from the world's perspective, that mm. it, it's a, it would be a little unfair to to make you think I'm living in a, a hubble or something in a cardboard box. That's not the way I live. No, I've been to their new house. It's not <laughs> anywhere, nothing that I would call so, hubble. <laughs> it is humbling. <laughs> oh, but yeah, God's been super gracious to us. Yeah, I I think as you're talking, I'm reflecting on how that might affect me. And I, I, in a very practical sense, I remember, you know, living Kaiser on Rivercrest just off of the, just off the river and people are like, man, 
how come you don't have a boat? You know, and I'm like, well, <clears throat> when we were getting to a spot where we could probably buy a boat, our first kid needed braces, and there's $6,700. Turns out $6,700 buys you a decent ski boat. <laughs> so, uh, and then as we were able to do that, you know, maybe we'd consider something, but our second child needed braces, and now that was $7,200, right? So, right. so again, those I don't regret any of those decisions, None. right? That, that was, that, that was, we didn't debate or uh, lose sleep over that. That's an easy sure. decision to make, right? And so, yeah, but, uh, you know, that's in a real practical sense, uh, and of course, we've made. I remember uh, uh, us sharing some of our giving uh, stuff with our kids, and, and I remember when Alyssa was younger, she's like, "That's like a Breedlove guitar a month." <laughs> and so, as a musician, she equated it right to to uh, how expensive guitars are or whatever, you know. And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, yeah." So, anyway. But you know what? Now I got straight sparkling teeth. So there That's you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Can you tone them down a little yeah. bit? Shining in my eyes. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, uh, so um, if people want some uh, uh, financial advice, spiritual advice, whatever, is there? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, you could reach out to me on my personal email. I suppose it's e Sven Anderson e. S-V-E-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N at gmail.com. And um, I have a, if you're, you want to reach out to me, that would be a great way for me to connect with you. And, and uh, I would love to try to help you. Yeah. And uh, if you forget that, you can always reach out to us at BowerMentoring.com. There you go. Cool. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. You can hear our new podcast episodes air every Saturday at 11 a.m. on KSLM. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.